It's Father's Day, yes! Or Father Christmas, as I like to call it. Father's Christmas. Nice to see so many faces today. It is nice. I'm just going to pray, yeah? Father, thank you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you in all, for all the ways you've blessed us. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for all the way you've taught us, guided us, blessed us. We hope to be a blessing to you, Dad. Help us be there. Father, open our ears to what you're telling us. Open our ears to what it is you want us to hear and to get out of today. Thank you. We love you. Amen? You know, um, sometimes you forget that God is a father. But we refer to him as father all the time. And Jesus actually referred to him as father like, I think it was over, 100, over 165 times he refers to God as father. Even when he, um, he taught us to pray, he taught us to say, our father. That is like a real mind-blowing thing when you think about it. If you think about fathers and what fathers are like, and you know, you, we've all had fathers, whether they've been here or they're not, or whether they're not here now, or how caring or how not caring they are. But Jesus tells us, you have a father, our father. And that for the time, especially for some of the covenant Jews, you never even say the word God. It was such a holy thing to say that your lips are just too dirty to say God or God's name. So for him to say that, calling him Father, a lot of people got upset. People got angry. It says it in here. In John, it says, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So the word father is a relational word. He can't be a father if you're not a child. So it's a two-parter. You can't be called father unless you have a child or unless you're fathering someone. So if you're God's child, what does that make you if God is your father? There's a some symbiote. If you call him father, then you're his son. That means he's your father. 
and you're his son. You belong to him and he belongs to you. Jesus even is has been written saying that he used the term Abba, which is a colloquial term, Aramaic term for father. Some people say it's like saying dad or daddy. But he even made it more relational, it's like he uses it all the time. Dad. The flip side, of course, of using the word father is that we have our own perceptions of what a father is. You know, that's the flip side. We think father, we think about our own fathers, whether he was always tired, always angry, always telling us what to do, whether our father was there or not. Maybe he wasn't even there. Maybe he hit you and abused you. There's all these different realms of your way of seeing what the word father even means. And we're flawed that way. That's how we understand words, that we have to use other ways to make it God. This is what Father is. But Jesus, when he came, he came to show you what a Father is. And this is the kind of Father that he says he is. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, he's talking about you there, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God is not far away. He's not up high. He's not somewhere he can't. He's not doing something else. He's not busy. He's not tired. He's not abusing you. He's there for you if you ask. Do you believe that scripture? Asking you shall receive. Do you actually believe that? I mean, when I think about asking I shall receive, give me a million dollars. Actually, make it three million because the million doesn't go very far. Give me, give me, give me something. Give me, give me money. Give me, give me a way to get out of this, right? If you say ask and I shall receive, but there's a caveat. The caveat in that scripture, he says that he gives good gifts. Good gifts. Now, he's not going to just serve me up and take me to Mammon, who is the god of the small g, god of money. He's not going to, or in my case, for example, my, my two-year-old, he loves chocolate, right? If I give him chocolate, he'll eat until he explodes. <laughs> he'll just keep going. Now, I could save up all my money to give him a chocolate factory. <laughs> but then he might get sick of chocolate. He might, you know, it's not really what he wants, right? Even though he gets angry when I only give him a small piece of chocolate, he'll get angry at me. Oh, oh, no. And if he keeps asking, go ask your mom. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like the caveat is that he says good things. And the tricky thing for us is, is that we're temporal beings, meaning that we live in a space of time and space and we can't see the future. 
we can't see what's around the corner, we don't know what will happen if we do get what we want. We don't know where that's going to lead us, whether we're going to start idolizing something else, build something else. Who knows what I'll do with $3 million? But you who are evil, that's what he says. Because we want something for us, you know? I want to get, I want to get, make things easier. I want things better. I want the shiny thing. He's got a shiny thing. I want a shiny thing. I want a bigger shiny thing. You know? I want a house. I want a better house. I want to be at the beach. Oh, but then the sand. Oh. I buy this beach and then the sand. I like sand. There's sand everywhere and there's rust everywhere now. Jeez. Shouldn't have asked for that beach. You know, that house on the beach. Good things. The other thing too in that scripture, which I think you really should hold on to, if you, if you, if you take anything from today, just take this. How much more? If you who are evil and know how to give good things, how much more God will give to you? The, that symbiote relationship of father and child, you have to remember you have a part in it. You have a part to play as a child, a child of God. And there's some things that God wants from you, some things for you to experience, like in the beginning, that joy, 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 joy. You know? He tells us in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They never sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not, will he not much more clothe you? Again, how much more? O you of little faith. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the gentle seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you remember what God said about the kingdom of God and a child? 
Do you remember? doesn't matter if you don't remember. I'm going to read it out to you anyway. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, this is when they're holding back the children because the children wanted to see him. He said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Like a child. He wants you to be like a child. Now, I spend a lot of time with kids. And one thing for sure, they're very carefree. They don't care about anything or where we are. Like, you know, buying food. You're like, get off the table. What are you doing on the table? Get off the table. Why are you pulling out all those straws? That's just soap. Just put it down. But it's that discovery. Are you excited about anything? Children get really excited about stuff. Have you noticed? Do you get excited? Are you too busy? Is life keeping you really busy? You're too busy to be excited, childlike. You've got so much work to do, so much work to get to that $3 million. So then you don't have to worry about anything because once you have that money, everything will be easy. Chugging away to get something fixed somewhere because there's always something breaking down, right? There's always something that needs to be fixed, especially as an adult or clothes to get. There's always something, right? But Jesus made it very clear when he was making an invitation to you, he said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can get all worn out from things that have happened to us in our lives. We get that worn look in our eyes and we lose that childlike wonder, that childlike excitement, that joy. Were you climbing on tables? Maybe not that part, but there's that joy that anything can happen. That's that childlike that God is after. That you let him do the work. You let him look after you so that you can be free and light and cheerful and carry the joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. In these times, in all times, really, there's always something going on, right? There's difficulty, there's hardship, there's horrible things. You turn on the television. How can you have joy in this? I don't know, turn the television off. There's always going to be there. Am I saying be blind to it all? 
No. For all I know, God might want you to be in the thick of it. But I can tell you now, if you don't have that joy of that strength, God's not going to send you there. Who knows what God wants from you or who he wants you to touch or talk to or love on. But when you're all in the thick of it, can you love even yourself? Because God loves you. Some of us have gone through some hardships that we're still reeling from, that sense of injustice, that sense that you've been done wrong and we can't get over that. God says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. He wants to fight your battles. He will fight your battles if you let him. Sometimes people forget that that's what a father is like. Fathers get angry. Have you known? Have you ever heard, wait till your dad gets home? You're like, fear. You're afraid. There's this big, powerful, very angry man sometimes that will set you straight. But we, we, also, we forget as well that God first referred to himself as a father. And when he did, he was showing his teeth. He was angry. It's in Exodus. This is when um, Moses is trying to negotiate to get his people out of Egypt. And this is God telling Moses, Then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. And so I will kill your firstborn son. People shy away from the Old Testament, scared of it, of what it may mean. God is righteous. Justice. He's impartial to the justice. People forget that. God is love. He is love. Your father loved you too when your mum was calling him, calling your father down. He wasn't doing, he wasn't there to correct you out of just, oh, you know, I feel like beating my kids today. This is for the, the older folks. We used to get beat a lot. These days we cop a lot less beatings. Can't do it. Doesn't work anyway. I would if it worked. Okay, sorry. That's, that's me being a father. Do whatever it takes to make it work, to get my son, my children right. But there is a line. There is a line. 
And people don't like to say that. God is love. God is just. Even Peter even told us in Acts, he says, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. There's wisdom in fearing God. The wisdom of knowing that God is powerful. You act accordingly. Just as a child, when you act accordingly, when your dad was around, you get off the furniture. Stop jumping. I'm not doing anything. Nothing. That's what happens when I walk in. What's going on here? Nothing. I mean nothing. You're both standing around very suspicious. Well, like for me, when it gets really quiet, if it gets really quiet, I get scared. It's like something's going on somewhere. I know it. Actually, just yesterday, it was too quiet. What's going on? I run up. They're in the bathroom. What are you doing in the bathroom? There was a line of stuffed toys that were about to take a drink of water. Yeah, and I just changed the little one because he got wet before, and I was like, I'm not changing you again. Get out. Get out of the bathroom. No more bathroom. But yeah, don't forget, God is just. He is righteous. He pays debts. And importantly, he is that just that because you are evil, he killed Jesus. To make you right, to make you be able to even come to him, he who is holy above holy, he who is pure love, to make you clean, to pay for the debt of who you are as evil, he sacrificed his beautiful, perfect, holy, righteous son. So if you accept that, if you accept that gift, sounds crazy to even say it, it was a gift. If you accept that gift, you will be saved. Your cost has been paid because of his justice. You are made right. You are wiped clean. You are saved. Can I get the worship team up? There is an opportunity right here, right now. To think about you as a child... Think about what kind of child you are. Whether you've turned into this teenager that doesn't want to hear what his dad has to say. Got your headphones on. Can't be heard whenever you call him out. 
whether you're this battle-weary adult that is going through hardship, going through difficulty. Maybe you have been putting all these ideas of what God is because of your own father. So forgive your father. Your father is flawed. He is evil like you. Even as beautiful as your father may be, he is flawed. Doing the best he can. But grateful, be grateful that you have a heavenly father. A beautiful, perfect, heavenly father. I'm going to ask Pastor Nuno to come up to pray for you if you need. If you need to get right with your father, pastor is there to help you through that, pray with you. But don't forget that you are a child and God is your father. And he wants to look after you. Wants you to live with him. To be aware in your everyday and every moment that he is there. Praise God. I'm just going to pray. Father, we love you. for that. I think I'm gone. Oh, I'm back. (laughs) Father, we thank you. We love you. And we ask you to help us. Help us in our everyday. Help us in our thoughts. Help us to reflect you. Help us to be your children. Free of anxiousness. Free of worry free of the stresses of the day. Let your peace govern us. Let your wisdom clear our minds. And let your joy be the strength in our lives. So whatever you need to do, Dad, to help us to get to that, to have us filled with your joy, we ask that you do it however that may come. We thank you.